The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stockton on the three. The high schools. Also's going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back. I'm, I'm back, technically. <laughs> um, maybe you should be on a minutes restriction right now. You're physically here. Your voice isn't quite all the way yeah, here Yeah, everything yet. except my voice has made it here fine and in one piece. You know, been sick, feeling about 90, 95%, but my voice... You wouldn't know it by listening to my voice. You'd think I was a, you'd think I was a dead moose, based on the way that I sound. But uh, I am feeling okay. My apologies to the listeners. You do have to listen to this all, all of today, maybe tomorrow. Who knows when I'll get the voice back? But uh, I'm here, so that's that's what we got. Well, happy to have you back. Um, covering a, a couple different topics today. Uh, looking again at at the Utah Jazz, new Jazz members. Now, we heard from Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge yesterday and heard from Ben uh, Beacon from Locked On Wolves podcast. But today we're going to hear from the players themselves, at least a couple of them as they were introduced. Uh, but well, yesterday the, the, the tone was um, with Donovan Mitchell that – we're not trading Donovan Mitchell. Nobody's really untradeable, but they made it sound like they weren't really interested in any kind of trade scenarios. Yeah, that that's been the reporting, and people may or may not have believed that. I've not really believed Donovan Mitchell's been completely untradeable. I felt like there was an offer the Jazz would be waiting for, and if they got that, they'd trade him. It's just now the reporting is catching up to that belief with me and with many others. I'm not the only one who believed that. Um, the reporting is catching up to that saying, okay, they may actually trade him, and maybe they will. It is just more reporting and rumors that we're hearing today, but we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what actually happens. So as a refresher, this is what Justin Zanuck said over this weekend when asked, basically, is Donovan Mitchell untradeable? This was his response. If you had asked me you know, three months ago about anybody on the roster or any sort of change. Change is inevitable in the NBA. Um, I'm not trying to be cryptic or anything else, but um, Donovan's on our roster and, and he's a very, very important part of what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, things evolve in the NBA. So I, I couldn't sit here and say, you know, anybody is, you know, we're, we're trying to build a championship team, but there's no intent there at all. There's no intent there at all. But he did say, you know, things change and evolve in the NBA. And now, Woj, as of uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, as of about 20 minutes ago, said basically the Jazz may be changing their tune a little bit here and that they are are uh, willing to listen to, to trade offers. And, and look, it doesn't 
it shouldn't come as that big of a surprise because we know DeAndre Ayton still wants to move. We know Kevin Durant wants to move. We know Kyrie Irving wants to move. Those are expensive pieces to move. And you might need multiple partners to make it happen. So it's not that big a surprise that teams are trying to go uh, to the Utah Jazz to explore options there. We know Miami, there were reports that Miami was trying to make a push to get uh, Donovan, but they just didn't have enough pieces that would make sense. Well, I mean, there, there was one reporter who was like, I think it was a Celtics reporter, but he was saying, like, you know, he was surprised that Tyler Hero, um, Kyle Lowry, and uh, Duncan Robinson wasn't enough to land Donovan Mitchell. And I was like, is he being sarcastic? <laughs> like, I wasn't sure if he was being sarcastic or not, because I was like, of course that's not enough. It's never been enough. Well, and and I talked about this earlier, but Rudy Gobert, that that trade probably sent shock well no question it sent shockwaves around the NBA like if you're going to give up that for Rudy Gobert what do you have to give up to get Kevin Durant yeah that, or DeAndre Ayton or Kyrie Irving or uh, certainly I forgot to mention Russell Westbrook is a very expensive piece that probably needs to be moved as well, well he can only be traded for John Wall at this point that's the rule <laughs> John Wall and Russell Westbrook can only be traded for each other <laughs> is that how it is yeah Unless, did Wall's contract finally expire or something like that? No, he got bought out. That's what it was. So yeah. I guess that rule expired. But, yeah, I lost my train of thought after saying that. Um, I, This was that. Uh, Rudy Gobert's trade, that trade, probably keeps Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Because nobody wants to pay the price that Brooklyn's not going to be asking. Because it's what, it's what Gobert went for, plus more. So I, I don't know if he leaves Brooklyn now unless the Nets just decide to absolutely cave to Kevin Durant. Right. There wasn't another all-star in the in Rudy Gobert deal, but three main rotation players, uh, a, a young prospect, and then this year's draft pick, and then additional future draft picks, that's a huge Hall for Utah, that's a huge asking price for an existing all-star. You can't tell me that Kevin Durant's not worth at least that or certainly more. So what team, a team would have to give up an existing all-star on their team plus future considerations to be even in discussions, and that starts to limit the field significantly. Yeah, and it's also that there's no team out there who can withstand losing that much and still be able to win. I think I've, I think I tweeted this out or phrased it some way in that there's not a single team in the NBA who, after giving out what they gave out for Kevin Durant, would actually be closer to being a championship team. As crazy as that sounds, adding Kevin Durant doesn't bring you closer to being a championship team, but you'd have to trade away so much that you're not any closer than what you were before. And Kevin Durant's, you know, 34, 35. Uh so and he may ask out after a year again. You know who knows? Yeah, high risk for if you take if you go after Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. Uh, I throw James Harden in there as well, even though he just restructured his deal with Philadelphia. But there's no guarantee those guys are going to be with you for very long if you go after them. So it is kind of an interesting report from Adrian Wojnarowski today. This just this afternoon, saying that the. The Jazz are showing a willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. But, he adds, the asking price appears to be steep 
Uh, certainly when you consider what they got for Rudy Gobert. A- and it should. It should be steep. And look, you'd, you'd be silly for, as any organization not to at least hear what other teams have to, to offer, are willing to offer. But I think teams are also being perhaps, I don't know if predatory is the right word, but they see that the Jazz are making some big changes, and so they feel like, hey, this may be an opportunity to swoop in and get a bargain for a really good player. Yeah, they're, they're trying to lowball the Jazz, and people have, that's what they do when you see these situations, is you lowball them. You try and not get part of the bidding war and bid too high too early. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I'm dying over here. <laughs> the joys of coming back and trying to still play while on the injured reserve. <laughs> so, no, it is a tricky situation that Jazz find themselves in, but the report is that um, it, in in the wake of the deal, they are they're, well. They're no longer dismissing calls on Mitchell. They're at least entertaining calls, but they're making it clear the price is still steep. And that's what it was for Rudy Gobert. Like we, as a Jazz organization, we highly value Rudy Gobert. We highly value Donovan Mitchell. If you want them. You need to come with a pretty steep price, and they also made it clear in the, the over the weekend that the Jazz as an organization wants to stay competitive. They don't want to bottom out; they want to stay competitive. And so, I think that's important with the pieces that they bring in to replace any that they lose. Well, if they want to stay competitive, then they should just keep Donovan Mitchell at all costs. The willingness to trade Donovan Mitchell really shows that they are they, they are willing to bottom out. And they really should be willing to bottom out because right now is not the best time to go make a bunch of win-now moves with the way the West is looking and just how many great teams are there. So, you know, in trading Donovan Mitchell, they're obviously going to show some patience in waiting for the right deal to come along. They did that with Rudy Gobert. They waited. A great deal came along for them, and they took advantage of it. They got a great haul for a great player. So hopefully they'll do the same and – They've, in my opinion, they've been doing this all along, and they've been patient. People have been calling, but they haven't been listening, or air quotes, haven't been listening <laughs> until now. It's like, okay, now we're serious. Now that the bidding has actually gone up, let's try and start a quick bidding war, see what we can get. Yeah, and I almost wonder, too, how much of this is just to send subtle messages to Donovan Mitchell. Like, you, you, don't, you don't run this team. It may have been some moves in the past that was all about appeasing Donovan Mitchell. It's a different era in Utah now, and um, it's not served on a silver platter for you anymore. You've got to earn it. Uh, You've got to be part of this team. We need your buy-in. You need to be committed to work hard and to continue to prove your value. Yeah, it could be a subtle message. It may be Donovan Mitchell trying to – now, there's connections between the agency that represents Woj and Donovan Mitchell. He could be playing behind the scenes trying to worm his way out. So it could be coming from both ways. Obviously, the front office has definitely sent the message, as he said, to Mitchell's like, this is our team, whether you like it or not. We control everything. And they've been doing that the last few weeks. So we'll see if they're willing to keep Donovan Mitchell around. I believe that they could try and keep Donovan Mitchell. He works with a rebuild. With how young he is, he could be in his, you know, the middle of his prime or his late prime when you get some younger players and, and better pieces and make a new, new championship run. So he still fits the timeline. So they could keep him, 
or they could just f- go full OKC, just get all the picks you can, and go from there. Well, they have three first-round picks next year, and it's supposed to be a very deep draft next year. Yeah. The trick is, can you get one of those, you know, if you trade Mitchell and suddenly the Jazz pick ends up top five, maybe get some luck at the number one pick for the first time in franchise history, maybe get the number one pick, and there's a very well-liked prospect who's poised to be the number one pick. So maybe that's that's a, one of the possibilities for trading Mitchell is go full out for some of those guys at the top of the draft next year. But it really hasn't been Danny Ainge's style or Utah's style as an organization to to race to the bottom. And the Utah's, there, there were those post-Jerry Sloan years that were tough with Tyrone Corbin. But the team didn't race to the bottom for draft picks. They still tried to find interesting pieces to make them a competitive team. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were they were still developing young players and trying to develop a, an organization to be competitive. Um, and through that process, they got some young uh, and, and great players that eventually came through the program. But it really hasn't been Danny Ainge's way. It really hasn't been Utah's way to race to the bottom, whereas some other teams are very familiar with doing that. I just don't know that the Jazz could catch them or beat them there. Yeah, and it really comes down to luck with these rebuilds because the teams that can, you'd say, oh, you want to try and get a top draft pick, how many teams are always picking in the top five? So it is a dangerous game to say that you want to pick there. Look at all the early picks that Sacramento has had. Yeah. Oklahoma City has had. Orlando has had. And... When's the last time they were relevant? Yeah. Certainly Oklahoma City more than the others, but there's a handful of teams that perennially they're running to the bottom yeah. and always getting great draft picks, but they don't do anything with them. Yeah, so the trick is finding that right guy. Sometimes that guy is the number one pick, and granted, you look at the number one picks over you know, last little while, they're usually great players, but some of the best players are sometimes found later in the lottery. And so you end up with one of the best players in the draft going to a slightly better team, and that kind of raises them out. It's like what the Jazz did with uh, Donovan Mitchell and with Rudy Gobert. Guys later in the first round or later in the lottery lift them out of a rebuild where they might have gone all the way to the bottom, but they didn't have to. That's true. So maybe this next year, if they pick really well in this first round over the next two years, they hit, you know, get a really good hit on two, you know, two guys out of, you know, maybe four or five picks in the next two years, that could lift them out of a rebuild without having to completely bottom out. That would be ideal for Ainge, or better yet, what he did with Boston, where he ended up with the number one overall pick from somebody else's team. So he was able to, and he traded back for Jason Tatum, but he was able to have somebody else bottom out for him, and he was able to reap the results, which maybe he's trying to do that with some of these teams. Like, maybe things go bad for Minnesota. Who knows? Uh, it's definitely a unique experiment that we're going to try in the modern NBA. Uh, a reminder that our full court press text line is open if you want to chime in. 435-339-0321-5338. Texting in, how about that Zonk Wilson? Not only a bad quarterback, but a bad boyfriend as well. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, a lot of talk and a lot of congratulations for him. Again, I, I said this yesterday. I'll repeat it again today. I have not gone down that rabbit hole personally to uh, read all the stories and the accounts of, of what he did. All I know, and very surface level, something to do with his mom's friend. 
and it probably was an honor code violation. It's not that bad, and I don't. But think I don't. Was, I, and I don't think he was at BYU at the time. So. So, like I said, I really don't know the details, and I, it's not worth my time to go figure it out. It's there for a good chuckle. I got a good chuckle out of it, and some <laughs> memes, some cougar memes. <laughs> it's just funny. That's what it is. There's nothing to take serious about it at all. It's just funny. Uh, all right. So, uh, what we are the players that are in this deal coming to Utah, do they help make the Jazz, as they're currently constituted, stay a competitive team? I don't, I'm not going to try to pretend this is a team that's going to contend for an NBA title or even the Western Conference to be in the Western Conference Finals. But is it a team that could be competitive and make the playoffs? A team that can stay competitive with multiple picks next year like what you talked about, be good, be a good team, and then add additional young, good talent that fits in with an already solid framework can help that team move forward and even propel them into the next step. So we'll take a quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. On the other side, we'll hear from some of those guys. Uh, they met with the media, and uh, Leandro Balmero, um, Jared Butler, and uh, Walker Kessler met with the media. Malik Beasley did his own thing, and I haven't been able to find the audio of what he said or how that went. All I heard was he got dressed up in a shirt and tie and tried to look very formal and trying to uh, project that he's a a new man, a different person than what he was uh, in years past. So we'll hear from three of the, uh, I guess, five who were introduced. Patrick Beverly was also not uh, available. But um, we'll hear from them. And continue to get your thoughts on how they fit into this Jazz team and if they, you know, where else do the Jazz go from here? Also, interesting proposal coming out of the Western Athletic Conference for their uh, upcoming basketball uh, conference tournament. Is it the wave of the future or just the whack trying to grab some headlines? So we'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. Remember, best in Northern Utah. Magazines are available around northern Utah from the northern part of Cache Valley to Tremonton to Hiram. Uh, You can find them at the book table, Firehouse Pizzeria. Uh, We've got some here at the radio station if you want one. Ridley's Market in Hiram, Kent's Market in Tremonton, Smithfield Implement, Johnny O's Spudnuts. I mean, there's over a dozen different locations where you can find the uh, over 270 businesses who won gold or silver uh, recognitions for being the best in northern Utah and uh, presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. And uh, congratulate all those who won. And really, grab yourself the magazine. It's a great guidebook for uh, if you're new to the area, if you're just looking for services or different businesses to help you out. Go check it out. uh, Grab your own magazine or check it out online, bestofnorthernutah.com. July 12th and 13th are Amazon Prime Days. Oh yes, you can buy lots of things on Amazon. It ships quickly right to your door. But there are some things Amazon doesn't do. They don't support our local community. They don't donate to our local clubs, organizations, youth, or schools. We should all shop local when we can. Local business is the backbone of our community. They keep us employed. In fact, small business is Cash Valley's largest employer. Local business supports and donates to our local economy. 
given the opportunity, when you shop local, you find prices just as good and often better than Amazon and with superior service. Whether you buy from Amazon or not won't make a difference in their success, but it will make a big difference in our community when you shop local. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. Why buy from Daryl's? We have a warranty department dedicated to handle all the nitty-gritty details so you don't have to. Hi, I'm Jessie, the warranty manager at Daryl's. When you buy from us, you'll have peace of mind. Remember to ask about Daryl's exclusive, risk-free, extended warranty on your new appliance. Daryl's, West on Airport Road, open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Ready for a parade of homes? Come to the RM Mills Construction Celebration of Homes at the Davis Creek Subdivision, 645 West, 2200 South in Perry, Saturday, July 16th from noon to 6 p.m. Over eight homes will be available to tour that day, including some ready for you to customize. Don't miss a celebration of homes from RM Mills Construction in Perry, July 16th. With refreshments, bounce house, face painting, prizes. Find out more at millshomebuilders.com. Co-sponsored by Wheelwright Lumber, Equity Real Estate, American Family. Family Insurance, Beam Lending, Columbia Flooring, and Bank of Utah. Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is Dial with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Hey, Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays at 695 North Main in Logan. It's quick, it's clean, it's easy how it should be when it comes to getting an oil change stop in today 695 north main in logan so now that Woj has said that the jazz are at least entertaining offers for mitchell everybody's freaking out on social media assuming that uh, the gobert mitchell era is officially done that both are are gone but you know mitchell hasn't left yet but if if a report like that comes out, how likely is it that that player is, in fact, on his way out? Um, I wouldn't say super likely. It's usually still less than 50%. I mean, even when someone like Woj tweets it, because he'll tweet out rumors like that all the time. In in slower periods right now, most of his stuff is things that are happening. But he's prone to tweeting out rumors. He does it all the time. And these reports fly around, but obviously... We, we latch onto it now because it's kind of what we've been expecting. And so we, you know, we latch on it a little harder. It's, it's kind of like the fact that there was almost nothing new about this tweet, especially over the weekend. You know, with what was being said there, it's like, yeah, okay, 
they're probably listening, even if there's no, quote, intent. But, you know, Woj tweets it, and suddenly it's a big deal. And the trade machiners go nuts. <laughs> That's true. Now, uh, the NBA Summer League is in Las Vegas. All the teams are there. All the executives are there. So they're going to be talking. They're going to be discussing options. Uh, these trades that have been made, guys are clearing waivers now. So teams officially know what they have to still work with, what they still need to find. And so it's kind of been a, a bit of a dead period with trades and free agency. Expect that to pick up a lot over these next few days. Yeah, it, it very well could. Although I just can imagine being in Las Vegas, being like a waiter at a local restaurant, just like a, a bunch of different executives coming in and hear talks about trades. Like, that'd be nuts. Like, if there's like one favorite restaurant that all of them go Where to. they all convene? That, that would be. Just be a little fly on the wall. They just all go there like one day. That's like, this, this is the day we all talk trades. It filled the entire restaurant. You're just walking around waiting. It's like. LeBron for who now? <laughs> Let me take your order, but I'm going to just stand here for a moment and just listen. Is that yeah, okay? Keep keep talking. I'm going to pull out my phone. Yeah, that's right. Sideways glance guy all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so let's find out about the players, though, because they were introduced when the Jazz were in, uh, in Las Vegas. Um, uh, Leandro Balmero, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, they spent time with the media. Um, the guy that I increasingly get more excited about is Jared Vanderbilt. I think this is a guy who he's a high energy guy. He had some injuries earlier in his career, but he has shown a lot of improvement in, in this last year, had a really a breakout season. Um, I, I think he's one of the pieces that the jazz have been missing kind of like Royce O'Neal, but bigger, um, probably not you know, offensively shoot the three like Royce, but we'll go grab rebounds, play defense on multiple positions, and uh, help the team in multiple ways. And he talked about uh, kind of the question was posed to him, like when did he realize that he belongs in the NBA, that he's a player who can compete at this level and absolutely deserves to be because on an NBA roster? Of course, it also helps if I don't have other things coming through when I try to play the audio. But here's Jared Vanderbilt. Kind of in question, in answering to that question about when he realized that he can be a difference maker in the NBA. I would say this past year, you know, I, you know, finally kind of established myself in the league and, you know, kind of made a name for myself and just, you know, as far as my value and stuff. And, um, you know, obviously the first couple, three years was a little rocky just with injury and, you know, uh, you know, in and out of the rotations and stuff like that. So um, I felt this past year kind of really just kind of put my, you know, footprint on, you know, my career and, you know, establish myself and kind of, you know, um, you know, lay the foundation for me, you know, to keep building and growing up, growing from. And when asked about how to describe his playing style, what type of player he is, this is how he answered that. Um, I would just say just a very versatile guy, you know, being able to play multiple positions and, um, you know, being a multiple uh, being uh, being able to defend multiple positions and um, just being very versatile on, on both ends of the floor, um, you know, playing hard and and uh, just you know changing the culture and and uh, just bringing that winning atmosphere and and winning culture. It's interesting that he kind of finished with that. Like Utah has a winning culture, 
Minnesota, for the first time in forever, had a winning culture this last year. But okay. Well, that was Palmero's first year with them, so they had a winning culture for the first time ever when he showed up. (laughs) That's true. Changing cultures. That's true. Um, Yeah, I think as far as him being versatile, that's what he came out as in terms of his draft profile. Uh, Kind of a, a long passer. I'm trying to see how far I can go before, before I start exploding coughing, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, there I go. <laughs> okay. Well, you keep that in mind. One of the things that, uh, well, you recover, uh, that is kind of intriguing about this trade and this deal with Vanderbilt and Beasley and Beverly specifically, and I think you'd include Balmero to some degree, but those three guys specifically is that they, they all come together <clears throat> and, Sometimes when there's a trade that happens, like Rudy Gobert is going to a situation where he doesn't know anybody there, hasn't played with anybody in Minnesota. These guys, these three guys, have all played together. They've all had one, at least one year together. Some of these guys have played multiple years together. And so there's a familiarity there, familiarity there which will help them, I believe, integrate more quickly into what's trying to be done and communicated in Utah. Yeah, it could help locker room-wise. Um We'll see how many of these players actually stay. But the, the thing is with each of these players is that there's things to like about all of them. The tricky thing about this is that you have to consider how long are these guys actually going to be here? Are they are any of them good enough to last the entire rebuild? The answer is probably no. You know, I do like things, like I said, about every one of these players. Bulmero has potential as a long, rangy defender with passing chops. Beasley, six-man type scorer. Um, you know, the kind that we've seen be really valuable on many teams, including the Jazz with Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, great defender. Some flaws with his offensive ability, maybe can't quite um, be a great rotation player, but we'll see. He's, he's still young. So there's things to like about all these guys. But I don't know if they're good enough to, you know, help the Jazz be... Any, in any sense competitive, if these are like your main rotation guys, the Jazz are in trouble. If they're the, you know, like nine, you know, seven through ten maybe-ish in the rotation, that's probably where a lot of these guys belong. Uh, one other thing from, from Vanderbilt is uh, he has spent multiple years with Beasley. They were in Denver together before going to Minnesota. Um, and... Beasley has had some off-the-court issues, um, but uh, he has also grown. That's one of the things that uh, uh, Ben Beacon talked about yesterday is that this is a guy who has uh, is grown a lot and seemed to be turning over a new leaf uh, this past season. He had a game earlier this year. He hit 11 three-pointers in a game. So here's a guy who has that potential, uh, but Vanderbilt as a teammate – Talked about the growth of Beasley and uh, watching him as uh, as they've been together for multiple years. You know, it's been amazing. You know, like I said, I've been with Bees for four years now. So just seeing his maturity level, you know, from when I first met him to now, you know, uh, on and off the court. You know, I just feel like he's, you know, he's developing, you know, he's developed every year that I've seen him. So um, I'm excited to see, you know, where he takes his game to this year. But, you know, he's always been a very, like, you know, consistent with his work ethic. Like, you know, he's one of the first in the gym every morning. Um, he works hard. And, uh, 
you know, he's one of those guys that self-evaluates himself. He knows when he's, you know, not playing well or what he needs to adjust on. And, you know, he comes back the next day and works on it and, you know, it figures it out. So uh, offensively, I think there's something nice there with Beasley. Defensively, he continues to uh, need to improve in that area. He has made improvements. Beacon yesterday said he's he used to be more of a turnstile defense, uh, but he's gotten better, but he's not – He's not great, especially on pick and roll. Yeah, and the thing is, that's it's kind of the archetype of a player he is. Great offensively. He He's a walking bucket in a lot of ways. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comparisons between him and Jordan Clarkson if these two stay on the same team. They're very similar in terms of archetype. And that they score a ton, and that's where they bring their value. They don't really bring their value on defense or in playmaking. It's why they tend to be sixth men, because they just come in, they score while your bench is in, and then they make way for the starters who will make the real winning plays. And so that's kind of where Beasley is. He's always, unless he really improves that defense, he's always going to be relegated to either a fringe starter or, you know, a top backup role. Yeah, and and I've always wondered, when you're in the offseason, how do you improve your defense? How do you work on improving your defense in the offseason? Because you're, I mean, you can, I guess arrange pickup games and multiple people to be with you uh, when you're when you're training but uh, it, it seems like the best way to improve your defense is in a team practice setting but correct me where I'm wrong how else can you improve your individual defense in the offseason the thing is, is that I would say there's not too many ways to really improve your defense because so much of it is in your head or in what physical tools you have Usually, if you've got a combination of both, you can be elite. It's why so many times people will fall in love with draft picks and they'll say, this guy's got all the tools and he just needs to learn how to play defense and learn how to handle the ball and, you know, do this. But, like, you don't learn to play defense. Guys will come into this league knowing how to play defense or they won't. There's some improvements you can make if you can fix your mentality early on. I'm sure there's footwork things and and there's – a level of improvement as you learn the league because you'll learn tendencies, you'll learn plays, and you'll learn things like that. So obviously there's some improvement, but most of what you are defensively, in my opinion, is going to be present early on. If you're early on just not a good defender, you're not going to suddenly become a good defender later on because most of what you needed, you should have already had. Right, it's true. It seems like more more of the work being done at the NBA level is fine-tuning a player's individual offensive skills and abilities. But somebody who has uh, already some defensive skills is this Leandro Balmero. Uh, he's a young player. He is participating with the Jazz in their summer league, and he requested to do that, which I think is good. Um, and uh, he really didn't speak a whole lot to the media. He's still His English is a little raw, <laughs> but uh, he did – when asked uh, what type of player he is, you know, shed some light on uh, on who, in his mind, the type of player he is and how he can help at the NBA level. I mean, I feel good. Uh, I know I can play both two positions or three. I feel like I'm all around player. Uh, I can shoot. I can bring energy. I can bring intensity. Uh, and I want to do what the team needs uh, to win. I want to help the team to win. So I want to get my role and, and do do it well. So uh, he believes that he's a player who can play multiple positions, aggressive defensively, 
but needing to work on his offensive shot making. Yeah, and that was his thing as as a as a draft pick is if he learns to shoot, lots to love there. Yes, yes. So a uh, couple of the guys that were introduced, we'll hear from Walker Kessler here in just a moment. We do need to take another time out uh, on the full court press. And uh, we'll also hear about this interesting proposal in the Western Athletic Conference about how they're going to seed their conference basketball tournament starting this next year. Is it the wave of the future or just a gimmick by the whack? Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive, uh, as I said yesterday, this guy saved me this, this past weekend. I had an issue with a, with a truck that I borrowed. I called uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive, came out, assessed it, got to work, got the thing running again, and uh, we're all good now. So if you have a situation like that, too, uh, he'll come to you, whether your vehicle's at your home or on the side of the road. Uh, just call him at 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. You just finished your eye exam. What next? Well, of course, it's time to pick your frames and glasses. Did you know you have a choice where you get those from? May we suggest Crystal Vision in Logan. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Their opticians are trained to fit your glasses to you, not the masses. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit your glasses to you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan, just south of the Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Bright green cars, that's the only thing you need to remember as you're driving down Main Street in Logan looking for Jarek's fine jewelry. Hi, this is Jarek. We have a lot of people comment on the bright green cars outside, and some even talk about the building, but the overwhelming responses come when they step inside. Jarek's showroom was created to offer an intimate, romantic setting for couples to enjoy their ring-buying experience. Everyone is treated like a friend, with no price negotiation needed. Make your engagement special. Make it Jarek's. Come see us at 930 North Main in Logan. Just look for the bright green cars. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Grantham Automotive Repair knows how busy you are. I'm like the busiest person alive. We know there's never enough time in your day. I make instant oatmeal in the microwave. We know it's not always convenient to get your car fixed, so we will come to you. Introducing Grantham Automotive with over 10 years experience. Our master ASE technician is licensed and insured and headed your way. Book your service appointment by calling 435-229-4345. 
This is Ryan, my mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At my mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into my mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into my mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Mountain West Motors, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership, located at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs. Go check them out. 615 North Main in Logan. Uh, okay, that was kind of a hard break there, so the music will fix that. But uh, a couple of the players from Minnesota introduced as new jazz men. Uh, we heard from Leandro Balmero. We heard from Jared ba- uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Walker Kessler was also made available, and uh, he is the uh, center from Auburn who was just selected by Minnesota in the draft, 22nd overall, and there have been several comparisons made to him and uh, Rudy Gobert, that he is uh, similar in how he approaches the game and uh, how he impacts the game, as Rudy Gobert did for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's an archetypal thing. I know when, when people bring up, say, hey, Walker Kessler's like Rudy Gobert, and you kind of roll your eyes because you don't want to just walk up and say, all right, this 20-year-old is like Rudy Gobert. But to help you understand who Walker Kessler is, like, okay, this is the kind of player he is, not the caliber of player that he is, but the kind of player that he is. And that's like I said, where his projected impact comes from, is being a rim protector, rim runner, like Rudy Gobert was, though obviously Gobert is uh, All-NBA, All-Star, potential Hall of Fame, yada, yada, yada. Yes, uh, but Walker Kessler admitted to the Utah Jazz media that uh, Rudy Gobert is somebody he absolutely has modeled his game after. You know, definitely growing up, Rudy Gobert is one of the, the greatest shot blockers to ever play the game. So watching him and how he, you know, attacks the ball and his timing and, you know, how it's not just about his size and length, but how it's a lot of mental components to the, his shot blocking ability. So, you know, definitely been watching him um, and, you know, and excited to to be in a, a place to where I could emulate that potentially. And to take that even further, David Locke, uh, voice of the Utah Jazz, asked Walker Kessler about, you know, that basically you're a guy who, who set an NCAA record, having the highest block rate in history since it was th- that statistic was tracked uh, at least. And that, uh, you know, how would he attribute that success and, and having such an effect on the game defensively? You know, I think obviously height and length has a lot to do with it. But as I spoke earlier about Rudy Gobert and how his timing is and how he, you know, attacks the ball in a strategic way and it's very analytical. Um, I think that watching film, understanding what that guard's going to do, understanding what that person's going to do, understanding when to jump, when to be vertical, where to attack the ball. Uh, I think that I approach the defensive side of the game a lot differently than a lot of other players do. You know, it's not just about blocking shots. It's about how you block those shots and how to stay out of foul trouble 
when to attack and when to just be in the way. I am liking this Walker Kessler as a potential uh, piece for this Utah Jazz team. I, I, I still feel like another center is needed, especially somebody with a little more experience in the NBA, rather than just to throw him to the wolves. Uh, but I there's a lot to like in what I'm seeing from Walker Kessler and what I'm learning about him. Yeah, there's there's real value there and the kind of player he is. You want a rim protector and a guy who can rim protect and rebound. And that's what he can do. Those are his strengths. And there's some improvements, I think, especially early on, he's not ready in that he's he'll foul out a lot or get into foul trouble too often early on. Because that's one of his issues in college was and that's where he's kind of separated from Rudy Gobert in you know, obviously a lot of ways, but Gobert obviously kind of perfected that science of going for the blocks and also sometimes just staying vertical, not chasing after every block. Kessler, you know, when you're fouling a lot like he did, he was going after every block, including ones he probably shouldn't have, get into foul trouble. So that's something he'll have to work on his first few years because it, that's the kind of thing you can get way worse when you make the jump from college to the pros is something like foul trouble, especially for a rim protector. So that's something he'll grow and learn and perfect. And he, he talks about watching film and knowing what the guards are going to do, and, and he'll do that his first few years. He'll watch the film, he'll get experience, and he'll learn those things. And eventually, you know, if he pans out, he can be a starting center for he'd, he'd be able to start for most teams aside from the ones you know maybe have a superstar. And, and one of the big questions too is what is his offensive skill set? Um, in is it really is there really something there? If there's reports that he. You know, wasn't able to showcase his offensive abilities in college. And I know that it's pretty common that players will have certain skill sets that don't fit the college game but do fit the NBA. So we don't really know. And it hasn't really been shown. There are reports of him stepping out and hitting threes when he was in high school. But you know, how much has he really been able to work on that and does it really translate to the NBA level? So he took one and a half threes per game as – um, his last year in college. So that, that amounted to, I think, 55, no, 53s. His last year at Auburn made 10 of them. So he shot 20%. He was not afraid to shoot the three his last year in college. He just wasn't that great at it. There's When you look at his form, it's a little wonky. It's not great. If you make some good adjustments, he's the kind of guy that I could see maybe having a mid to late career, you know, three-point renaissance, like there's some centers that have just randomly started to shoot threes. Like Al Horford? Yeah, Al Horford, Brooke Lopez is another guy. Um, and so we're entering an era where some, as the three-point revolution comes along, centers began to do that. So maybe a guy like Walker Kessler may, sooner than those guys did, manage to pull off a three-point shot with some you know professional coaching. Um, there's a bit of worry in that in that he shot under 60% on his free throws for his whole college career. So maybe that's a bit of a pipe dream. But if he manages to pull off, you know, league average, maybe slightly below league average as a three-point shooter, then he becomes incredibly valuable because not only is he a good rim runner, it's a pick-and-pop guy. And if you can get a guy who's a spectacular rim protector, a guy who's a great in the pick-and-roll and the roll aspect, and then you get a guy who's also great in the pick-and-pop, that's like... The three favorite things every guy wants from his center is to be able to rim protect, rebound, and run the pick and roll, both to the basket and from the three-point line. Like, it, you don't get much more value than that in the center in a lot of cases, other than having just a superstar. Right, right. In the opposing defenses will be regularly guessing 
not knowing which way he's going to go yeah. and what he's going to do because he could do either one. Uh, now, there are some questions about his health. He's not available for the Jazz Summer League, which is unfortunate. But it's because he had incurred a slight injury during pre-draft workouts and he provided an update on his on his health. You know, I know I feel great. Um, you know, super excited. Uh, the injury just happened in the, in the pre-draft process. Um, and, you know, excited to, to get cleared and get back into, you know, playing. Uh, he is uh, working out with jazz officials in their organization with their uh, equipment and with their personnel just to accelerate his familiarity with who they are and so they can become more familiar with who he is as well. Yeah. And you hope that he'll be ready by preseason because it is disappointing that he's not being able to play in summer league. And some of that was probably just timing with the transactions anyway. True. Um, but it is disappointing that we didn't get to see him. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to see that in the preseason. Although one point on the text line, kind of in, in reference to this, uh, 8739 says, we got rid of Rudy because he was the reason we did not make a deep playoff run. We can't expect to make it a pl- we can't expect to make a playoff with another Rudy. Into that, like, I get the logic, but it's mostly that we had Rudy and we were paying him forty plus million. We're not paying Walker Kessler forty plus million. Yes, that's a good point. You know, there's more money to play with uh, and allocate it to other players who can do a better job defending their individual positions. So it's not all funneled to one guy. Yeah. So if he fills out his potential for the most part, fringe all star. And all of these things I'm talking about, you know, maybe a three-point shot and rebounder and all that. You look at a guy who's making in the 20s million, that's great value for that position. And you get you get all the things you want from that position, and then you can spread that money out to, you know, some perimeter guys. Some other key players. Yeah, yeah. That, are, that are really pushing the team, whereas Kessler's just providing the value in his spot. Uh, all right, shifting gears, we'll talk a little bit about the – College basketball, shifting from the NBA to the college uh, hoops, uh, the Western Athletic Conference with an intriguing idea about their conference tournament and how seeding will work in the future. Um, interesting new way of doing things or just a gimmick? We'll look at that coming up on the other side of this timeout. Uh, Napa Auto Parts has their bucket sale going on right now. And the uh, you know if you got that hot weather killing your battery, we'll get a $20 rebate. And a new Napa Legend Premium or AAA battery. So a lot of great things going on. They got five locations between Preston and Providence to go check it out. That's Napa Auto Parts. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. This is Gene Needham of S.E. Needham Jewelers. If you are in the market for a diamond engagement ring, I would like to personally invite you to visit our store. With our beautiful selection of rings and broad diversity in style, you are sure to find a ring you'll love. You'll enjoy our quiet atmosphere as you view our beautiful selection of diamonds. We grade each diamond twice in order to assure exactness in the diamonds we present. Shop and compare, and then come to the Diamond Engage Ring Store, where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. 
Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. I get asked all the time, do I have to sign up for Medicare? Check out our website, lssins.com, or call 752-9493. Medicare doesn't have to be confusing. We have the answers to all your questions and will help each step of the way. With decades of experience, we'll guide you through each step. There is no cost to work with LSS Insurance. We make Medicare easy. Call 752-9493. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Full Court Press text line 435-339-0321-6789. For the love, Rudy wasn't the problem. problem was that his teammates were turnstiles. I agree. Yeah, I think we've. I think both agree. I, I did kind of gloss over when I read 8739's text. I kind of passed over. That was his argument because I didn't necessarily agree that he was the problem. It was more in the... You know, our ceiling was limited with Rudy Gobert as one of our top players. The reason we've lost last this year so early was because Rudy's teammates were turnstiles. Right. And the and as an organization, the Jazz failed to find ways to punish opposing teams for going small. Yeah. Couldn't find a way to maximize Rudy on the court offensively. Um, last minute of the show here, Western Athletic Conference uh, has uh, really, they're going to, Try something new with their men's and women's basketball uh, tournament. Teams will be seeded beyond just what their wins and losses in conference are. They will take the entire season into account when putting it together. They're using Ken Pomeroy to put together uh, what that seeding will look like. Uh, Using advanced analytics for the entirety of the season instead of just conference play, wave of the future, or kind of a gimmick? PR stunt, gimmick. It's not going to catch on. If it does, I guess it's not the worst thing if it does catch on. I'm not really not that opposed to it. It just comes across as the whack trying to draw attention to itself. For a conference that relies heavily on only being able to send one team, I think this is the best way to do it. Let's find the best way to get the top team the best advantage of getting to the NCAA tournament. If you're a multi-bid league, eh, this probably doesn't really make a lot of sense. But if you're a conference that can only get one through, do what you can to give the best team the best shot to get there. Yeah. And for that, I think that's interesting. I'm going to be keeping an eye on it. I think it might be kind of intriguing to see how it works. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's not bad. It's just something I don't think is going to catch on. 
So I've, I have nothing against it. You do you, whack. <laughs> I just don't call me when it when you uh, aren't doing it in five years. Uh, Utah Valley, Utah Tech, they're members of that conference, so they'll be a part and of they- it. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. In the world of sports, we often talk about tradition. But even though sports fans are suckers for history, the past couple of months have been a reminder it's still all about the bottom line, profit. At the beginning of the month, USC and UCLA left the Pac-12 to chase a payday with the Big Ten. We're not sure what will happen with both teams' schedules, but the moves have a potential to put an end to some of the long-standing rivalries. A similar rush is occurring in golf. The new Saudi-backed golf tour has managed to poach numerous top golfers to compete with the PGA Tour. Fans have every right to disagree with the moves, but we have to remember that although fans are a crucial part of every league's success, money is always going to be king. And with the amount of money new leagues and conferences are able to offer, we may have to get used to these leagues and these players breaking tradition in pursuit of profit. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.